1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to patreon.com slash Breakaway today to get access to our ad-free episodes, our BSBOTs that come out once a week, our Discord, and much, much more. And you get to support this podcast where we talk about this crazy old Ranger team all year round. You get to yell at me, too, which is super fun. We have Hope on. Today, she talks about the Wolf Pack because we decided maybe it's good to learn about a team that's not the Rangers after the last week. And then Greg and I talk about Mika Zibanejad, the slump, what's gone wrong, what's gone right, how he's still a little positive and I'm less so, which feels weird because I'm usually the positive one. So without further ado, here is Marc Messier and let's get to the show.
1: Hi everybody, it's Marc Messier and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
0: Welcome to at the Bush's Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and the Rangers have stopped the bleeding. Gregory, how are you? Say hello. Oops.
1: You know, I, I'm so happy to be out of Georgia. Uh, y- not y- that I'm happy to be back in the cold, but 10 days with your parents, man. Oh, oh boy. I like my
0: mom a lot. Uh, I hope she's doing well. 10 days is a lot.
1: 10 days is too much. It's a lot. I was supposed to be doing other things while I was down there, and people just kept getting sick of me or just sick in general um <laughs>
0: yeah, easily easy to do easy yeah to
1: do. I, I get it i i live with this 24 7 and i hate it so but yeah i i create <laughs> we were joking before <laughs> we started recording i created a prospect ranking formula for our fantasy baseball league. that's how much free time i had down in georgia i created a statistic
0: that's insane and, and totally sickening and, and to be honest better than watching the rangers yeah good <laughs> good transition uh, you and I, uh, did you stay up for the Thursday game? I did, and what a regret that was. I uh,
1: think I called it after the second period. And you did the right thing.
0: I stayed up for the entirety of of Golden Knights Rangers, uh, a game where they were missing Jack Eichel and missing most of their players, and uh, proceeded to stop the Rangers in a way that was uh, very unkind. The, the team didn't really play well at all. Looked lethargic. Looked uh, Vegas fluey. Is thats that, is that appropriate to say can i say that
1: i don't think they looked the first 10 minutes were electric they looked they, great they if were the, if if, unbelievable. The hockey, if the hockey game was only 10 minutes long and you didn't need to score a goal in order to win the new york rangers would have won
0: as soon as they were denied multiple times by the backup goalie who i can't even remember his name for the golden knights who just played out of his goddamn mind
1: uh, wasn't it logan thompson it
0: was i think uh no was it
1: wasn't
0: it? Might have not been. I think it's the backup to Logan Thompson.
1: It's that br- br- uh, he starts with the B guy.
0: Uh, I'm going to get it right now. Oh, it was Logan Thompson. Anyway. Okay,
1: thank you. I'm better job. at
0: this. Good job. Logan Thompson. Yes, you are. Logan Thompson uh, made a couple of great stops. And it looked like the Rangers just gave up. <laughs> they just feel like we're done here. Uh, and then that was it. Then Saturday versus the Kings stayed up for this one as well. Went to the bar, did the whole thing. I, I-, I thought they played a way better game. The the de- defensive kind of stops started to come. They really slowed everything down. It looked like they got more back to the 1-3-1 system, and they started to figure it out. Unfortunately, they couldn't score for their life of them. I think uh, Lafreniere right now uh, is as snake bitten as I've seen a player in a long time. He's creating so many chances. I think it was Valaket who said he has like plus, plus 11 expected goal value, but he just hasn't scored on any of them because he just can't finish or their goalie makes an amazing save. And in this game that happened yet again, they had a six, four, a six opportunity. He couldn't put it away. I'm not putting this all on Lafreniere, but it was just a miserable loss against a Kings team who was one, five and four in their last 10. Uh, Jonathan quick. Couldn't get it done. Got the tribute video. And then against the ducks, just to recap the week here, uh, down one Oh, early down two zero even out soon after that, uh, and then score five straight unanswered uh, to beat a bad ducks team and stop an apocalypse on rangers twitter and online (laughs) a a literal (laughs) apocalypse but i I think you and i have come on to bring this all full circle here to to get into our full conversation we have been really really nice to the rangers this year incredibly nice there's a lot of times we come on this show and say there's nothing to complain about you don't have to panic this team's good there's been a lot of flaws a lot of flaws exposed over the last couple weeks some of it starts with coaching and some of it starts with the breakdown of the structure that Laviolette was putting in, you saw him trying to put that structure back in in the Kings game and and most parts of the Ducks game. Some of it comes with the the snake bittenness of this team, injuries, etc. But there there was for the first time this season, even when Trocheck scored that first goal against the Ducks, I was like, man, this is nice, but I am I am legitimately concerned about a lot of what is going on. <laughs>
1: Here's a sentence I never thought I would ever say in my life. So I was talking to Emerson Edom on Saturday. I, yeah, this uh, is ridiculous. How did this happen? You DM'd me. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but I would I, mentioned to Emerson because I can call him that. We're good friends <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, I think I we mentioned...
0: have an Emerson Edom emergency podcast from like five years ago. <laughs>
1: we probably do. <laughs> uh, I mentioned to him if the Rangers lost to the Kings that he might be seeing riotous behavior on the streets of New York. And it was close. Um I, first of all, I'll start here. I'm still not concerned, buddy. I got bad news for you. I'm not there. I'm just not. Because you, you said there are a lot of problems. I'm hearing an echo on your end. I don't know what that's all about. On my end? Yeah, whatever. Screw it. I'm just pointing it out so that no one in the comments points it out first. Okay. Anyway. I'm going to
0: lower my mic. Continue.
1: <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't think there are flaws with this Rangers team as much as it is that the Rangers just aren't playing well. Because to me, a flaw would mean there's something the Rangers can't correct on their own or that they need outside help or that there's something critically wrong with the infrastructure inside the machine that is the New York Rangers. I don't think that's the case. I do think a lot of players are all playing poorly at the exact same time, which is for sure a problem. But I... (laughs) I don't think like adding Jake to, Gensel to this team is not going to make them significantly better or solve "quote unquote" whatever is ailing this team. Adding a guy like whatever Elias Lindholm, it's not going to fix the New York not Rangers. Not having a great
0: year, by the way. Yeah. Right?
1: The outside pieces aren't going to fix the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers need to fix the New York Rangers because the problems are all right here. You can go. Chris Kreider needed a good game, man. It, it had been a while, so thank God he had one against the Ducks. Mika Zibanejad's still looking for a good game. We're, we're entering week three of whatever his latest slump is. Adam Fox had been skittish up until the Duck game, Duck game. He needed a good game. This team essentially has been a one-line team with no goaltending for the better part of a month. But that means Mika Zibanejad Chris Kreider are playing poorly. That means... Their defensive pairing, specifically Miller and Truba, have taken a step back. And that means Igor Shosturkin is not playing good hockey. But trading four guys will not make Igor Shosturkin magically play better hockey. He just needs to do it. That man needs a bye week like no human being has ever needed a bye week in his life. Got
0: bad news because they're going to send him down to a skills competition where they're going to throw pucks at him for no reason.
1: Yeah, but then they have, I think the Rangers' buy coincides with the All-Star break. So it's a, it's a glorified 10 days off for Igor. And as long as he doesn't spend it with Fred and Peggy Kaplan, he's going to be more than fine. I, I do want to I, I talk about how we blame things, though, when we watch sporting events. Because I fired off a tweet Saturday night. of Twitter misread it at first. So let me clarify one thing here. Uh, I do not think Keandre Miller and Francisco Lindor are equally talented that is
0: i also thought it was ridiculous that people thought that
1: so i couldn't have i don't know how else to word that tweet but whatever met fans get met fans who don't like me because of i don't like how their met fans will take any opportunity they can get to be like oh that's ridiculous i love that there is a big group of met fans out there that think francisco lindor is on a hall of fame path god bless you but i also think of those met fans that don't understand that what i'm saying is there's a group of the Met fan base that will blame for... Francisco Lindor is not allowed to have a slump. There are some players on every team in the, over the course of history that are allowed to slump and aren't allowed to slump. Brandon Nimmo, he can slump because he gives the impression that he's trying every night. Francisco Lindor cannot slump. The first player I ever experienced this with was Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran was not allowed to slump, but... Other players on that Met team were, um, I had a good example. Cliff Floyd was allowed to slump on the 2006 New York Mets. Carlos Beltran, not so much. And it's not that the Mets obviously would be a much significantly different and worse team when Carlos Beltran wasn't playing to his abilities, but it's you deal with that slump because you know when he's at his apex, it's unbelievable. And that same thing with Lindor. I get a. I. Our. We have friends in our life who text me and then text our group chat that Francisco Lindor stinks when he goes on a 183 week binge in June. I get it every year, and it's because they forget that one he's human, he's gonna slump, and two how great he is when he's at his fullest. I made this tweet in relation to Keandre Miller because I feel like I'm not saying. He's an all star. I'm not saying he's been a beacon of consistency throughout his career. I am saying we forget when he's right how electric he is on the ice. He's clearly not right right now. And if you want to point that out and you want to criticize specific parts of his game, I'm open to having that conversation. I'm not calling you dumb for thinking Keandre Miller isn't playing his best hockey right now. You're right. It's clear that he isn't. But to act like he's always been a problem. You are projecting something there that I don't know what that is. And you have a problem with him as a hockey player in general where you don't think he's ever been good. And that's ridiculous to me. The New York Rangers lost to the LA Kings on Saturday 2-1. to one. They didn't lose that game. The second goal is Keandre Miller's fault. But they didn't lose that game because they allowed a second goal. They lost that game because they scored one. That's why they lost. This is... Ryan, if this I'm about to bring it up, if this sounds familiar to you, it's because the Tampa Bay Rays didn't lose the World Series because they took Blake Snell out of the game. They lost because they scored one run. The, the Bills New York-
0: didn't lose to the Chiefs because some a multiple wide receivers dropped the ball that Josh Allen threw. They lost well, because the, they couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes.
1: <laughs> well, the Bills didn't lose that game yesterday, not because they missed the field goal, but because they couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes. That's it. And The 2006 New York Mets didn't lose Game 7 in the National League Championship Series because Carlos Beltran, while the Mets were already losing, took a curveball for called strike three to end the game. They lost the game because in the bottom of the sixth inning, Jose Valentin with less than two outs and the bases loaded, shook out and couldn't score an extra run. Mets scored one run in 2006. That's why they lost. You react to the most obvious thing that happened without reacting to the thing that actually happened. Yeah. DeAndre Miller made a mistake in the neutral zone and then got burnt in his own end and then got burnt a second time when he tried to kill the puck under Jonathan Quick, but instead put it out in front of the goal mouth in enough space for Quinton Byfield to come in and score. That is the exact play that caused the second goal from scoring. But the New York Rangers only scored once against the L.A. Kings, who have been playing some of their worst hockey all year. That's why they lost. They didn't lose because of one individual play. They lost because for 60 minutes, the Kings shut them down.
0: Yeah, and the power play was toothless again as well. Sam Rosen would be, uh, was really apt to tell you that the Kings had the best penalty killing the league over and over again.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> so there you go. They they weren't able to get it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not big on blame Keandre. Uh, I'm also not big on pointing to Vince wrote a really great article about uh, counter's mental health. If you want to go check that out, you know, where to find Vince, you've listened to this podcast. He's been on a million times and, uh, blaming mental health is freaking crazy to me. It's like absolutely out of this world. Like, yeah, the guy talked about it, but guys, everyone has mental issues. Like literally everybody, everyone deals with stuff. I don't know how, how often people want to talk about it. I don't really care. It's, it's your own personal thing, uh, to say like, you should sit until it's figured it out. That's also nuts. He is a very, very good hockey player who is expressing what he's going through right now. And what he's going through with the transition, not only that, but he's asked to play a different role on this team than he was in the past. And for people that come up and tell me, and I'm I'm trying not to straw man here, but I've just had a lot of country Miller comments where, hey, he hasn't been good all year. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Truba and Miller were insane when Fox was out and Igor was out, when Quick was starting all these games, Truba and Miller were, were legitimately playing shutdown defensive hockey. Their numbers were great. The stats were great. Everything, they, the eye test was there. They looked electric. And then something happened. And I don't know what that something is. Counter took a couple games off. Truba, uh, had, is now has a kid, is now a father. And I'm not blaming any of these things on their diminished play. But there was a switch that happened. And since that switch, that second pairing has been exposed in a huge way. This is when I talk about their game. Truba has, has gotten beat multiple times. He's, he's looked a little bit slower recently. I don't know if he's playing injured. Ever since he kind of left, I think, I think he left a game once after taking a hit. Since that game, he has not really been the same player he was at the beginning of the season. Country Miller, something very similar. Just making simple mistakes, is getting left out, is getting burnt, is not in right position. And those are all true. Those are all things you can say about Truba and Miller. They're they're both not playing great hockey right now. Combine that with what you said earlier, Greg. Igor Shisterkin is not playing his best hockey as a New York Ranger, probably. And statistically, his, worth, his worst hockey as a New York Ranger. And you end up in the situation where the Rangers were had lost, I think, seven of the last 10, but now they've won three of the last five. You can make the stats say what you want. Both those players have been exposed, but I'm not going to sit here and say the reason why Keandre Miller is struggling is because of his mental health. That is freaking crazy.
1: I don't know why he's struggling. It's probably a, a huge amount of factors all cresting at the same head of the river. And I hope he figures it out because it's going to be super important for the New York Rangers when it comes playoff time for what has historically been the Rangers in terms of ice time at 5v5, number one defensive pairing for the last two years, is Jacob Trouba and Keiondre Miller. They get the tough assignments. They get more minutes. They're out there with the higher lines on the Rangers on a nightly basis. They need to be right if this Ranger team wants to go somewhere. The difference between me and the people that are doom-scrolling right now is I think they're going to be right. I think this is simply one of those times, one of those periods, in a long six, seven, eight-month season where it's just worse than it should be. The New York Rangers are not a hockey team that's going to win 18 of 22 every 22 games. They're also not a hockey team that's only going to win 12 of 24 every 24 hockey games. The true New York Rangers are somewhere in the middle, which puts them at about a 65% point pace which is where they happen to be right now it is ugly how it's gotten here for sure i'm not enjoying it these games are less fun it's one of the if i had to rank it i know it's a reaction to the now and i know we're overreacting to how things feel right now but in our nine years considering the expectations we had for the rangers and how well they were playing earlier in the season this has got to be one of the five least fun moments in terms of where we are on the calendar, that is outside of a playoffs. I was it to say, is top to one talk... and
0: two were playoff losses. So, well, yeah.
1: that, well, no, outside of a playoffs in the regular season, it we three. You go back two months ago. We come on this podcast being like, if you had to choose a Ranger, gun to your head, that's not playing well. Who'd you say? And we'd be like, oh, I'm no Tyler Pitlick. Like we'd, we, it was a joke. We'd come on here all laughs and smiles, having a good time. The way we are reacting to these losses, sometimes us. A lot of times other people has made being a fan so much less fun. Like it's I, I just I'm out of ways to describe to people how this is just a moment in time where they're playing poorly and it's not necessarily indicative of what's about to happen. If it is an indication of what's about to happen, and you want to come back to me and point my face and yell and scream and say, I told you so, good for you. But I just still have nothing to say that this stretch the current Rangers are in is going to continue for weeks upon end. This is just what happens in the middle of hockey seasons. Every good team has a down period, except the Boston Bruins last year, <laughs> who lost in the first round of the playoffs. Like, I, this shit happens. I'd rather it happen now so we figure out what the fuck's happening and you fix it. Well, and last you move January, forward. You, last January was the same thing. Disaster. That's, last last January, there was a Blues game where if the Rangers lost to Gerard Gallant, was getting fired. Like, that's what was happening. Wish for we lost our, that
0: game. Yeah.
1: This, Ryan, it's just like, I hate doing this, but compare your problems as a Ranger fan to other teams' problems. You'd rather be the Devils right now? No. Luke Hughes stinks. They have no goaltending. Jack Hughes is hurt. We're, we're, they're having fights about their fourth-line winger who gets nine minutes a night seemingly scores every night and then the coaches bemoan the fucking beat reporter because he doesn't know how to watch the game you'd rather be the hurricanes hurricanes were supposed to be the best team in this division and they don't have a fucking goalie would you like the only team you would you honestly rather be the flyers would you rather us be on this show Having this great unexpected season where we're doing great, but then our number one prospect said, "You know what? You should do go fuck yourself." And I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like imagine we were the imagine the Rangers had this young core, this up and coming core, and then Gabe Perot suddenly said, "Why don't you eat shit and trade me to fucking San Jose?" I would hate that. Be
0: fucking miserable. No, miserable. I would be miserable. There, the, the actually, honestly, the whole metropolitan is miserable right now, and the Rangers still have a four point lead.
1: Even the, the game, capitals, man. even the capitals who are playing better than anyone expected them to play this year, if you told Capitals fans you had to choose between potentially being a wild card team and just getting to enjoy Alex Ovechkin in the twilight of his career, they'd say Alex Ovechkin in the twilight of his career. He blows. <laughs> He's awful this year. Everybody has problems, guys. Your problems are not bigger than other people's problems. In fact, your problems are easier to fix. Because all you're really asking is for your players to play like we know how they play.
0: I think part of it is the coaching staff as well. First time I'll be critical of Laviolette all year long.
1: I, got uh, no, I, I, I disagree. Really? What is she supposed to do? There's, what, there's, is he uh, supposed to go on ice and tell Mika Zibanejad to get the stick out of his ass?
0: That's part of it. Part of it is like figuring out, the, actually enforcing the structure that is breaking down every single game. But how there's, do you enforce it, Ryan? Like, do you,
1: how many Rangers do you bench?
0: Before they get the picture, well, first of all, I think we should probably talk about the benching. Kapokako was not a benching. That was not a. That was not a thing. It the was,
1: flow of the game got away from the Rangers, where everything was a fucking either man advantage or penalty kill.
0: Yeah, and it was like trying to figure out a way to spark the team. So yeah. It was not a benching situation for Kapokako, who just came off a long term injury. That, right, that the, is the, not
1: what it was. No, and again, it, it, it's it's tough for people to hear this, but. I I know I'm hard on Mika Zabenajed, And I know it's partly because of how awful I thought he played in the playoffs last year. And I know he got off to a hard, hard start this season where things didn't go well. And I get that a lot of problems are... I am not doing the thing with Mika Zabenajed that I just bitched and moaned people do with Keandre Miller because I think Mika Zabenajed is going to be fine. But if I need to get Mika Zabenajed going... The way you get Zibanejad going is not by sitting him to play Trocek more, to play Bonino more, to play Goodrow more. The way to get Zibanejad going is by trying everything fucking possible to get him to score a goddamn goal. And sometimes that means having Capocacco sit down for a second and try him with Jimmy fucking Vici. Because you just got to try fucking everything. You <laughs> do. F-bom's galore here. Well, well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so tired. I'm, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten. And I'm fucking tired of the it. bullshit going on. But that's what you just have to do. It's not like the last thing LaViolette La wants to do is break up Panarin, Trochek, and Lafreniere. And why would he? It's the one line working. At the same time, he's got no choice but to double shift Panarin with Zibanejad. Because for the love of God, Mika, we're asking you to get going. I, don't, I, I truly don't know what else Laviolette can do because I've never believed in order to get someone going, you take them off the ice. You have to find them more ice time in the middle of really difficult times in order to get a player out of his funk. A player in a shooting slump doesn't suddenly get out of the shooting slump by stopping his shooting. He has to shoot more. And the only way you're going to do that is if you try every combination humanly possible with Mika Zibanejad. And that's what Laviolette did over the weekend. He tried fucking everything. He did. He did.
0: It, it, it's not really Mika Zabinajad that I'm I'm focusing on here. There's just a lot of times where the breakaway thing is still an issue to me. Yeah, I, and the the letting up two goals in under two minutes or four minutes stat. It's still it's still there. There's something there that needs to be coached out of this team. It's not my job to figure out how to do it. It's Laviolette's job. But the I think they're last in the league on allowing breakaways and high scoring chances on on those breakaways, and I also think uh, I definitely know they lead the league in two, letting up two or, three, two or two goals in under four minutes. That's for sure. So this is those are the two things that needs to be ironed out of this team. On top of everything you just said, the players outside of Artemi Panarin it just they're not they're not doing the what they need to be doing. They're not doing their job. They're well, not playing at that high level.
1: Tomer shared an interesting interesting stat. I think last week or the week before, I think it was last week in our insider channel where Igor Shesterkin's save percentage is at its worst when he allows the Rangers to fall down by two goals. So in situations in which the Rangers are currently trailing by two, which is, I feel like every situation where the Rangers allow back to back goals, that is when Igor Shesterkin's save percentage is at its worst at the same time the on-ice impact of the forwards and defensemen. The Rangers have played their best team defense in all situations when they are down by two goals. So, again, I I get it. You're you're asking this coaching staff to coach certain things out of these players. I don't know how you coach this team that plays great defense when they're down two goals because they know they're going to have a hard time coming back from three, and they are doing that, but the goalie isn't stopping the puck. Like at some point, the odd man rushes, you notice them more because the goalies aren't saving them. I'm not asking Igor Shostakhin to become superhuman. I'm simply asking him to become Igor Shostakhin. I just don't think – I don't think there's anything Benoit Allaire of all people can do to make Igor Shostakhin be Igor Shostakhin. At some point, we once again – we. I went on this rant last year, Ryan – When can we just be angry at the players again? Why does it always have to be someone else's fault? At some point, it's the players' fault. And we're at that point. If the Rangers want to play better, all they have to do is fucking play better. That's it.
0: Let's talk about playing better. Uh, (laughs) Will Will Cooley decided that he was going to play better last night. Mm -hmm. And Will Cooley is a player that we've mentioned a little bit on this show this season. But when the chips were down and things weren't looking so good, Will Cooley... Not sure how he didn't get the Broadway hat, even though everybody in the room questioned Igor Shirk when he gave it to Adam Fox. It was very funny. Um, Will Cooley not only scores a goal, but then draws a penalty, which allows Panarin to, to, to go on the power play and uh, score on the power play. Will Cooley, I, I know we've been saying it kind of all year, that guy's a 16-game player. And the more I, we talk about it with our guest Hope today, uh, about his time in the Hartford pack, but Cooley, man, he... He's just a guy I really, really, really see uh, being a big part of this Ranger team for a, a long time. He just does all the right things for a bottom six guy. And in that, in that moment, like, uh, I hope we look back on that moment in two weeks and go, that was the moment this team got right again.
1: You're saying Will Cooley is the helmet throw this year? That's it.
0: The Will Cooley <laughs> penalty draw.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Cooley's how how many great. comments
0: do you get about this team needs a helmet throw?
1: Oh, dude, it, it, it's they won't fucking stop. It's crazy. <laughs> it won't stop. I you can't you can't force the moment. The moment is only the moment in hindsight. Maybe we are all smarter and we think this Will Cooley moment will be the moment. And if we do, shout out to everyone who said it. I'm not one who said it. I was I'm not gonna lie, I didn't watch a lot of last night's game. I don't know if you guys noticed. There's really good football lot. And people have been miserable pricks with the New York Rangers recently. I just watch really good football. I watched so I the did. really
0: good football uh, and I second screened the Rangers and then really good football ended. And
1: I full screened the Rangers. And I, fooled, like, I, I turned the Rangers on full once the football game ended. And all I'm saying is that's when they scored five goals. <laughs> nice so <job>. you're welcome. <laughs> nice it, job. <laughs> is the moment Greg turning the game on or is the moment Will Cooley? Let's um, ask these questions. It makes you think. All right. Uh, but else no, but, to- oh, no Cooley. I just, to finish on Cooley, he's been wonderful. Good teams, We've talked about this ad nauseum, too, in other years. What makes good teams great is finding the Will Cooley. It's not just throwing endless bottom six retreads into your lineup and hoping one of them sticks. It's great when one does like Jimmy VC and, frankly, Tyler Pitlick. But what you really need to be a sustainable, long-term great winner is continuing to churn Will Cooley's. Just finding these guys that bring that little something different to the lineup. It's not that other guys don't throw their weight around like Will Cooley. It's not like other guys can't draw penalties. It's just that Will Cooley, getting him to do it in the minutes that he plays, it means the other team can't fucking rest against you at any point in time. It, it forces them to be awake for an extra shift where maybe previously they thought they could sit back, just let the game flow and not have to stress about those 45 seconds on the ice. Will Cooley's on the ice. You know it. And he's there and he puts it in your face and he does the dirty things. And you just need guys like that to come out of nowhere. Do
0: the dirty thing guys. And he's, he is the example that of that. Like Goodrow, obviously, is another one of those do the the dirty thing guys. But he, uh, Cooley just has a lot more jam in his game, mostly because of his age. As well.
1: I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it's a matter of jam. It's just when other teams see Barclay Goodrow, they have that expectation, and mm-hmm. Will Cooley hasn't been in this league long enough for teams to have expectations for him. So when Cooley does it, it's just it's catching people off guard. They don't know. It takes them a minute to recalibrate and react to it. And the minute it takes them to recalibrate and react to it, you're now getting that minute back as an advantage for your team.
0: Uh, Let's get to our interview with Hope. She covers the Hartford Wolfpack, and then we'll come back and answer some five-star questions. Transition. Hey, yo, I'm here to tell you about the official ticket sponsor of this podcast. That's right, it is TickPick. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my TickPick experience from this weekend. You see, there's an event. In Philadelphia, where I happen to live, called WrestleMania 40. Now, I've been a big wrestling fan my whole life. Uh, I, you know, I follow on and off. I always watch the Royal Rumble. I always watch WrestleMania. I'm subscribed to the subreddit, whole thing. But I decided I'm going to WrestleMania this year, no questions asked. What did I do? I went to TickPick. I looked for the best deals. I found tickets $100 cheaper very quickly in a good section because of TickPick. It rated them by the best deal. I sorted by price. I was like, mm, those seats kind of, no, they're obstructed view. I'm not going to do that. I got the best deal. I'm sitting in the 100 section. It's $100 cheaper than everywhere else. I looked on other websites, and when I went to check out, the fees were crazy. The price I saw was the price I got on TickPick, and you want to know the even more ball removal that I did? That's right. I used my own promo code to buy this ticket from TickPick. What's that promo code? It's Blue Shirts 15. And you can check out anytime with Blue Shirts 15. Use the promo code and you get $15 off any order over $99. I used it on WrestleMania. You can do it too. So use Blue Shirts 15 if you want to go to Ranger Games or anything else. I'll be at WrestleMania this year loving it. And you can go ahead and use that promo code Blue Shirts 15. And maybe I'll see you there. Let me know if you're gone. All right. Back to the show. Hey, we're back with our first guest of the day. We have Hope Drew. She's a coverage or covering the Wolf Pack for fun these days. Hope, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Really, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we thought the Rangers were so bad recently that it might be good to talk about the Wolf Pack and what's gone on for this season. But before we get to the Wolf Pack, can you talk a little bit about what you saw with Will Cooley last year and why it does or does not surprise you that what he's doing with the New York Rangers this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, last season, he kind of started off slow. It, I think that's pretty usual for anyone making the transition from juniors to the AHL. We, we saw it with Brennan a little bit. Um, but once he consistently started playing with uh, Johnny Brodzinski and had like that mentor in place on his line all the time, you could just tell that he knew exactly what was expected of him. And then he was getting power play time and you could just see see him settle into his game because he knew the role he needed to play every night. I hope you're still there. Yeah.
0: Oh, I thought you cut off. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, (laughs) no, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was like, whoa,
1: <laughs> hold on. Like, it, did, it's it, did, it did with the inflection be like, all right, Hope's got another point. And then like, it just stopped. And I was like, well, there we go. All right. Here we I are. was like,
0: and that's why he's a badass. I was like, that's <laughs> what she's waiting to say. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I agree with you on, on the whole Cooley point where it, it just seems like it's a guy. And maybe you could tell me if you disagree here, Hope. It just seems like he's a guy that's going to be a bottom six player for maybe the next decade for the Rangers. And it's just come so quickly.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I retweeted uh, my post from last January, right after he had gotten his like four game call up to the NHL, um, that like he was gonna be a perfect bottom six player. Like he reminds me a lot of uh, Jesper Foss. Like can slot up in the top six if needed. Like injuries, um, but he is the perfect bottom six player. He can play even on the right. Um, he used to do that a little bit in Hartford, uh, mostly just when they had like injuries during games. But he just he sees the ice so well, and because he's such a physical player, he can control um, play and let whoever he's playing with, whether it be like someone like Johnny or Jimmy, do whatever they need to.
0: Makes makes sense. Makes sense. So can we talk a little bit about Brennan Othman? Um, Because he obviously came up to the Rangers this year. Uh, I would say he had a three game appetizer. Let's call it an appetizer, right? Where he just looked, I thought he looked really good against Chicago, but to be fair to Chicago, most of them are AHL players as well. Not a shot at them, just kind of what's going on over at that point in time. And then he sort of was buried and, and sent back down uh, were you impressed by his little stint up at New York Rangers and and what has he really shown maybe at the Hartford level?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, when he got like the correct amount of ice time in that first game, he looked like he usually does. Then it kind of was a little disappointing that he was only getting a couple minutes, like one or two shifts per period, the other two games. But like after his slow start in Hartford, um, He's done pretty well, even with the amount of call-ups and injuries they've had, which has made like the top six in Hartford basically being juggled every night. He's still been able to play the way he needs to. Uh, I will say he s- struggled a little um, right before his call-up, but since he went back to Hartford, he's been really
1: good.
0: Has, there's, has there been a... Oh, sorry, Greg, go on.
1: No, you go. I'm good. Has there been? Sorry,
0: has there been a particular moment that stood out with you with Othman from that maybe return that says, okay, this is the NHL player that we we really all can kind of see? Because pro- I think prospect people just in general are kind of mixed on Brendan Othman. Obviously, every single Ranger fan is super hyped up on him, and mostly because he was the number one prospect in the system before Gabe Perot arrived. But was there been like a moment where his uh, a lot of prospect people say he has a very elite shot? Or he's obviously got a great motor. Has there been a moment where he maybe uh, won a game or made a play that really stuck out to you?
2: I wouldn't say there's been one in like uh, since he got back from the NHL. But in general, when he plays his game, like his the physical kind of like pushing the other players around, starting. like, drama, basically, that's when he plays his best. Uh, I noticed, like, games against, like, the Phantoms, or the Hershey Bears, like, he does well in those games, because he, they give it right back to him, and I think that he feels more comfortable like that, and then other certain games, he just looks a little, like, cautious, like, he thinks that if he tries anything um, physical, like, he'll get hit or something like or start a fight um and Johnny was pretty good um when he was still down in Hartford about like controlling Brennan like making sure he didn't get, go too far um but I, now that they don't have as much like veteran presence in the lineup I think he's like being a little more careful like what he's doing because he doesn't want to get get himself hurt in a fight uh, when he's better playing.
1: How is it possible he can get himself hurt when the gargantuan Matt Rempi is standing right there like, yeah, shouldn't he have shouldn't shouldn't he just have a human shield in form of Rempi
2: yeah, I mean the thing with Matt is i they're like almost never on the ice together, and mm-hmm. uh Matt has to be a little careful. I don't think that AHL has the ten game fight rule anymore um, that they had a few years ago. But he did get an instigator recently, and if he did, if he gets three of those, he'll get a three game suspension if he starts another fight. Um, so, I mean, I think Matt is like a a great part of the lineup. But I also think that uh, Bobby Trevino, which seems weird because he's so small, is also that same type of player. Like if he sees that someone's going after like Brennan or something he'll get on the ice, and he'll be like, okay, you want to go?
1: <laughs> uh, the biggest thing that happened in Hartford this year is uh, they lost their coach. Chris Knobloch has gone to Edmonton. Doesn't seem like they've lost since he's got there. Whether that's Knobloch, whether that's Connor McDavid being healthy, uh, we we can write a book based on what we want to give credit to there. But what what's the impact you've seen at Hartford with Knobloch being out and Steve Smith being in?
2: Um, I would say I, I don't see that much of a difference. Steve was always pretty hands-on. Um, and most of the players have said that, like, the transition has been pretty smooth because Steve was always involved in, like, everything that Chris did. So I think it, the injuries and call-ups have had more of an effect on, like, the slump that they went through in December then the coaching change cuz their their penalty kill is still really good, their power play is still really good even with all the lineup changes and with the losses they were still still doing really well.
0: With so one thing I think that a lot of people do know that maybe everyone that f- follows the Rangers knows about the AHL knows about Hartford. Can you like are where are they in the standings currently? I know last year they made a really big deep playoff run. What is what about this team what and what does this team need to do to kind of make that again this year?
2: Um I I believe they are fourth in the uh division. I think they might be 13th overall, but the AHL uh right now is like I think there's like maybe four points between like fifth and uh fifth or sixth and 13th. Um So everything's really close. And the Wolfpack have played a lot less games, like four or five less than most of the teams in their division. So they can make up uh, the difference pretty easily. The only one they're not going to catch is the Hershey Bears. Uh, But basically, I think they just need to stay healthy. I I mean, we've seen it with the Rangers. That can make a lot of difference. And um, for a while, they had to like switch around the the wingers and the centers because all the centers were getting hurt or called up. Um but they've been they've looked much better in the past few games. Uh they beat the Hershey Bears, which I didn't expect. They lost their next matchup against them. But uh they've looked much better uh since getting healthy. Riley Nash did get injured again, but I think once they have the like more even um veteran rookie divide like they'll settle back into what they were doing in November which was winning a lot
1: there are obviously a lot of guys on defense and Dylan Grand and goal that I want to talk about but I think the guy that's surprised the most simply because I don't think any of us if anybody said they had an expectation that Adam Edstrom could play a role at the NHL level for the New York Rangers they'd just be lying to your face what exactly has he done this year in your eyes that has, it, it? it's tough to say increased his stock because we're still talking about a guy that's probably going to live in the bottom four. I mean, bottom thir- uh, six, if he ever has an <laughs> NHL career number. Uh, but I, he's gone from just being organizational filler to potentially able-bodied NHL regular.
2: Yeah, I, he was definitely surprising to me seeing as last season – uh him and Matt Rempi were almost always the extra forwards. Um but he is just insane on the penalty kill. Like I think that's really what has like given him the role he has in Hartford, which is usually he ha- he's in the top six. Um him and Socora are insane on the penalty kill. Like I-, I swear sometimes I am like they're gonna score. And, like, they're doing better than our power play. Um, He's just, he sees the ice so well. And, like, surprisingly, great skater, especially for his height. Um, And I think that's what a lot of opponents of the Wolfpack, like, don't realize when they're on the ice with him is that, like, he is a great skater. So, like, you make one mistake and he's down the ice in, like, two seconds.
0: I want to talk about Matthew Roberts in a second because I'm a big fan of his. But how much does this team miss Johnny Brozinski, uh, who seemingly has kind of held a spot and might keep holding a spot on the New York Rangers team?
2: Uh, they miss him a lot. I I think it's it's a good thing that they got so many veterans this offseason because I I think that they would have been absolutely lost if. Johnny had been called up and they didn't have the likes of Nash and Belzeal and now Anisimov. Like, they rely on him so much and he's, like, what they Brennan joked about, He like, he's basically team dad. They call him a teddy bear, like, he's the person that they can go to when they're struggling and he knows how to talk to the rookies and, like, Show them, like hey, you know you might need to like take it easy or do this, do that, and I think he like bridged a lot of um the communication between the coaching staff and the the younger guys, which helped you know them not be as scared, especially when they're not doing too well. I know uh will talked about it last year, like you know it can be scary when you're not playing well, like you think you're you're going to get in trouble with the coaching staff, but having like a leader like Johnny that can be like, Hey, don't worry about it. Just like play, play your game, focus on yourself. Don't focus on what they're doing or that someone's going to take your spot. Like just do what you need to do. And I think he's been doing that in New York too. um, Whenever they have these rookies called up, you know, Brennan, praised him so much when in when he got called up so it just goes to show like how much he means to these kids basically
0: he's
1: like the, he's is... like on ice father yeah yeah How how is uncle artem i'm so happy he's back
2: i'm torn i he looked great in his first game um i don't know if it's just like the how the team's been doing in general but he's been basically invisible the last couple of games. Like I almost forgot he was there. He's centering the second line, I think. But like, I, sometimes I don't even realize he's on the ice. I know he Mm. uh, played in Lehigh Valley last year, I think. Uh, And he looked great there. I don't know if it's just readjusting to like the coaching or whatever, Um, but he's, he struggled a bit. I, I think they'll probably keep him on for the length of the PTO, which is like 25 games, I believe. Um, but I don't know that he's going to get a contract.
0: Uh, not the best news when you can say, I don't really notice this guy on the ice. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of, it might be one of those keep getting them checks situations. So uh, happy for him and I'm happy he still has ties to the organization. But I do want to go back to Matthew Robertson, who I think is sort of next defenseman up. Not that the Rangers are lacking defensemen, but if there ever was two injuries and there wasn't a trade, I think Matthew Robertson gets the call. Uh, Zach Jones, obviously, uh, is the first and the seventh defenseman currently. What can we expect from Matthew Robertson? He was a big, big addition to this pipeline a couple of years back. I believe they used a the second rounder on him. Uh, big bodied defenseman. I really thought he'd try and make the team last year and Jones beat him out. Um, so what has he really provided for the Wolfpack so far?
2: Um, Matthew, I don't, I don't want to like be negative about Mm -hmm. him. I think that he struggled at the beginning of the season, um, with, he did not play a lot at the end of last season because of injury. And I do think that like started, started him off a little slow to begin the season. He, he looked great in the last few weeks. Um, but you could tell that there was like, uh, an adjustment to being that. First pairing guy, um because you know Zach got returned last year, and then it was Zach and Ty Emerson always as a first p- pairing, and then Matthew got hurt, and it just seemed like maybe he was gonna struggle to take over um but once he like I think maybe ten games in he looked a lot more comfortable uh he mostly gets paired with Brendan Scanlon, who. I think has stepped it up so well. Um, I wasn't sure how he would adjust to uh, taking on that first pairing, but they work really well together. Uh, Matthew's great on the power play, especially the the last few games that he's played. He's looked much different, um, even though he's not the number number one guy because that's Matt Hollowell right now, uh, but definitely has improved more than I Like envisioned when he started the season a little rough, but I think he definitely could if like Zach got traded or if there was more than one injury. I do think that he would slot in really well. He is similar to Zach. Um, but I think he has like, uh, more defense to his game than Zach does, where Zach's like high offense, not as much defense. I think he's like a more even, uh, amount and. I think that he would work well with someone like Brayden or even like Gus.
0: With uh, sorry, Greg, were you going to say something? Or you're just coughing.
1: Well, I mean both, frankly. Um, okay, go for it. <laughs> I, I'm just I, I'm just always curious about Dylan Grand and how he's doing down in Hartford because listen, the Rangers don't need a starting goaltender. They're not going to need a starting goaltender for many a years. But it would be great if the Rangers could, at some point in time have a backup goalie on a cheap entry-level contract that they already have under control. So wandering minds are just curious how Dylan is doing this year. And if, if he's continuing to trend in the right direction,
2: he is, I actually, um, I wrote down some things cause I w- I really wanted to talk about Dylan because he has impressed me so much this season. He had a, uh, like a one-off game the other day, the day that Louie got, um, kicked out of the game for fighting. Um where like the he he struggled a bit to adjust to getting thrown in in the middle of the game, but in his last five starts, he even though the team went uh 3 and 2, he had a 948 save percentage and 161 goals against average and one of those was a shutout. Like he's just been so stellar even when the offense is struggling to produce cuz a lot of those games were like 2-1 losses 3-1 losses and one of them was an empty net goal like he's just kept them in it to the last second and I did not see envision this when he struggled a lot last year but I think them giving him that time during the playoffs because Louie got called up like he just took a hold of the starter role and he hasn't looked back he started more games than louis this season and he's looked great in all of them
0: i have like a stupid question i don't know if any of us know it do, do we know if Grand works with benoit allaire like is that a thing
2: um i'm not sure i don't know i know that uh jeff malcolm is the goalie coach in hartford so but i don't know if like if uh If someone else, like, if maybe he spends a few weeks, like, I assume that during, like, development camp, they probably have Benny there with them. Um, Dylan did really well in the prospect games against uh, the Flyers rookies, so I wouldn't be surprised if he worked with Benny while he was uh, preparing for that.
0: I think the last player I really have any questions on whatsoever is Britt Berard. Is that how you say his last name? Am I correct there? Yeah. Um, with with Berard, I, I think he's also one of the guys that might be the next future of the bottom six for the Rangers. Now, I haven't watched a lot of Berard. I, I'm not familiar, but I just continue to hear his name over and over again, particularly from one of our friends or, or associates in the chat that we were in, but also um, uh, from rat, rankings and prospects lists. Can, can you talk a little bit about his game and if you see him as a bottom sixer or is he an a, more of an AHL kind of player?
2: Oh, I absolutely think that he can be uh, a bottom six guy. I was worried a little bit about how he would adjust to like the difference in like schedule going from the NCAA to the AHL because you know they play like twice as many games, I think. Um, but he just looked so good. He plays both on the PK and on the power play, and he just does all of the little things right and he's just like Will physical um, he I haven't seen him like uh, really fight but like when uh, I think it was I think it was against the phantoms almost everything is against the phantoms um, <laughs> he he was getting a, a little pushy with like the captain of the phantoms because that guy is like he he just starts problems with everyone like earlier this season i think he like punched brennan um like in the stomach uh, oh. when he, like from the ice he was down on the ice and he just like sat up and punched brennan what, but like brett noticed him being you know his usual self and like got in his face and was like you you want to go even though he's like 10 years older than him so like i think he he has the ability to Uh, like hold his own even though he's a smaller player he's really fast um I would like to see him uh play on on the left he's he's been playing on the right pretty much the whole time whole season even though he's uh a natural left winger I'd like to see him and Brennan swapped because I I think Brennan needs more time on the right and he just hasn't gotten it in Hartford and I don't know why. because Brett obviously can play the right, and I think maybe letting him be in his natural position would help him, like, settle a bit more. Because there are some games where he, you can tell he's struggling, and a lot of it probably has to do with just the constant line changes and... uh I know the other day he was, like, on the third line just because of the way it worked. Like, there was injuries during the game, so they had to switch things around. But he he just, I feel like he'd be more comfortable if he got a little bit of time back on his natural side. Um, But I think he can do what Will did. I think he could maybe, like, in a season or, or two, probably closer to two, be that steady bottom six guy that the Rangers need and he would be cheap as well
1: the only the other thing I got hope is uh it's, it's a common point Ryan and I talk about on the show a lot and it's just the lack or and inability of the NHL to want to end their agreement with the CHL in order to allow essentially Canadian teenagers to come to the AHL and develop their games at that level do you have any takes whatsoever on that I don't know if you're pro I don't know if you're against I don't know if you think it would help the AHL. I don't know if you think it would hurt the age. I I have no idea. So I just open the floor to you.
2: Uh yeah, I mean, I I'm in support of it. There's a lot of players I wrote about how I think that it would have been much better if Barbashev uh played in the AHL this year instead of in the queue. I I just think that like certain players they just they don't have any more growing to do in the chl and like it just makes it difficult for them um to like make that transition because they're they're getting so used to playing against these like 16 17 year olds as 20 year olds and i think that i mean i don't think that brennan would have like not benefited from being in the ohl last year because like he did win a championship um but i just there's i think it would have been much nicer if he had gotten time to really like adjust in like the bottom of the group instead of like he came in, there was not like as much depth now that wills up in the n h l and he immediately has been a first line winger like he's he doesn't get like any moments to like settle himself, and he's always just having to go and go go and If teams were able to have the players come in like when they're 19 instead, I know the uh, Firebirds, the Kraken got special like um, like approval for Shane Wright to be in the AHL, and he looks much better than he did last year. Like he, you could tell that that was the right decision for him to be playing against. The people in the AHL instead of being in the CHL.
0: Hope, I really appreciate you taking the time today and to talk all about Hartford. There's a lot I just don't know about what's going on with the team. Clearly, you know the players <laughs> exceedingly well, and I'm excited to see some come up to the Rangers in the coming years here. Could you just, uh, or would you rather want to plug anything you do or where people can follow you?
2: Um, I mean, I just have my Twitter at Mika Zabinajad. Um, I did want to say there's one player that I'd like to see have an increased role. I don't know what the Rangers are doing right now, um, but Ryder Korzak has been centering the fourth line in Hartford, and I just do not get it. He is such a good player, and I think like they need to switch him. Like I, I don't know why they got Anisimov. In- like I really think Ryder could have taken that like third second line center role and I think it would have been good for his game I don't know if maybe they know something we don't about um like Ryder and his readiness but I thought that when they brought him in that they wanted him to like you know show his game more and he does but like he's on like the line that basically gets sent out whenever like they have a like someone is pissing them off. Like half the time when he's on the ice, Matt Rampey is starting to fight. Like, I think he needs more minutes. I need, I think that they need to put him on like special teams. And I don't know why they haven't.
0: Interesting. Uh, I think there's just some guys that don't get the favor of the coaching staff. Maybe that be, might be part of it, but you would know better than I would. Um. Hope, thanks you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you soon on following uh follow you catch you following the Hartford Wolfpack soon. Talk to you soon. Bye.
2: Thank you. And
0: we're back. All right, nice. We it's did nice good. To learn about the Wolfpack.
1: I, I like hope. I like hope. I do I do like how we got tripped up the first time. It's always interesting when you meet new people and you talk to new people and you learn the rhythms the of how they speak. Yeah. And hope a couple times would end a sentence on a high inflection. So I'd think, oh she's gonna add another point. And then you and I would look at each other and just go, okay, next question. Got okay. it. Big, I <laughs> get like, it. The first one, I, I felt very bad. I was like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> but the, listen, we all have our tics. Lord knows. I say fuck instead of stopping. That's, that's what I do.
0: That's what I mean. Um, no no further comment on that comment. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, – We want to leave five-star questions on the show. You can go to our Patreon. You can go to the Discord from there and leave five-star question. And we will read them on the show every single week we do this now. Uh, this is from AZK. Ryan, it seems like Igor shutouts are against the range of religion. What is the church's official position on this? Sports, curses, and tropes are the most powerful thing on earth. Uh, this is from Cole. With Troches Nona making good Italian. Was
1: was, was somewhere in there your position? Uh Because yes. that's, that's your thing. You read a question and you bleed into an answer immediately. And I sometimes don't know my, where the my, question ends and oh, your answer begins. Th- I,
0: this is my, one of my tics. Uh, the, my position is sports tropes are the most powerful thing on earth. Period. End of okay. Story. So and you think it's that
1: a you think it's a trope that he can't get a shutout right now? Uh, it's it's
0: been his whole career. He just hates shutouts. It's just part of his game.
1: Is this the the Mets don't have a no hitter thing, but in goalie form,
0: sort of like that. Like he, I think he had two last year. Could be three. People will correct me, yell at me, whatever. But for the most part, he always lets up like a late goal. The Rangers will be a five one. It's just it's like when former Rangers score. It's, it's just going to happen. Okay. No Ryan Strom hey. or Frank Fertrano last night, though. Very I nice. know.
1: They, I think they went goalless against the Rangers this year.
0: That seems impossible. Mm. It's from Cole. When no- Trochus Nona makes good Italian food and seeing how Kako is the glue that holds this team together, what meal would Kako's grandma make for the team?
1: Kako's grandma? Yeah.
0: Jesus. I have no idea.
1: I don't know. What is finished food? I don't know. Fish?
0: Yeah, probably fish. I'll say fish. I have, is, uh, no,
1: I have no follow, idea what fins eat.
0: Follow up, David asks, "Is Kako the ultimate glue guy?" Wouldn't say he's the ultimate glue guy, but definitely does a lot of dirty work for Mika Zverinaj and Chris Kreider, so that's
1: very helpful. I would when it, when anyone says glue guy, the first guy that comes to mind is Brian Boyle, because largely a buddy of mine in Savannah who was also a Rangers fan would only refer to Boyle as the glue. That's he wouldn't say Brian Boyle. He would see him on the screen and go the glue, and that. That is how he would interact with the guy. So I don't know if Brian Boyle was the ultimate glue guy or if my brain has just been Pavlov's dogged enough into thinking that.
0: I, I, I wouldn't call Kako a glue guy. I would call him a, a very solid hockey player. Uh, this is from Blind Zebra looking for work. Are we sure Jacob Truba isn't secretly obsessed with Beverly Hills Cop? Also, Ooh. who do we think the Godfather father is? He's blind. I, I will give some context. Blind Zebra is asking this because Truba's name uh, for his child is Axel. Axel Foley. So, there we go. Uh,
1: I don't Are, know you, are you a cop one, one or a cop two guy? I think I'm a cop two guy. Yeah, I think that's the popular take, but I think I'm cop one. It's on Netflix
0: now. I've been meaning to rewatch it recently.
1: I think anyway. both of them are, right?
0: Yeah, I think they both are. Yeah. It's from Billy Ratz. There seems to be a subsection of New York Ranger fans that are convinced that the team not only should keep Phil sideline into the playoffs, a la Vegas and Tampa, the teams of the year past. Simply because they can get away with it. Logistical side of that. Do you think there's any world where a jury tries to circumvent the cap simply because he can, knowing uh, he can, knowing that the league is on the lookout for this? Okay. Uh, first of all, important to say this. Cousin Emily reported today that Filipedal. Let me get the exact quote from Cousin Emily. Uh, Emily Kaplan, uh, former guest of the show. Positive news for New York Rangers. Hearing Filipedal is en route back to New York. No timetable is set for return to the lineup, but told he made great progress. What home in chesney
1: So hold on first. You think it's in route and not en route? Ooh. Uh, yeah, I do. Interesting. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I've always, when I see it, I always think en route, not en route. in route.
0: I thought it was in route.
1: I, I don't know. if I, I don't know if it's a difference and it's just how people see it. I've always in my head has heard it as en route.
0: You probably are right. I'm the one that's been statistically wrong on this one. The I'm chat gonna,
1: will let you know. That much I'm sure of.
0: It'll be like, i have like a whole fucking Webster dictionary situation. <laughs> Here's why you're wrong. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, So, look, I don't think Filipito is going to be held out. I think it was an option that I thought the Rangers would likely explore if he couldn't come back. It is seeming, according to reporting from Larry Brooks that had a couple of weeks ago, that maybe he's trying to... Rejoin first of all, he is rejoining the team, but I would expect him to try and play in early February, and that will kind of determine the entire trade deadline.
1: Yeah, so here's the thing Kucherov is the famous example here, right? Kucherov is very good. That's a physical injury, and by physical, I mean he had a body part fixed in order to get back into the lineup. He was able to skate, practice with the team, take hits in practice. He was able to do everything humanly possible to be ready for the playoffs without having play in a game. And also Kucherov is a level of player where you're getting Kucherov regardless of how much run-up to the playoffs you're going to have with him. He's on a different level. Phil Heedle, as much as we love him, is a role player. And he plays a significant role with the New York Rangers. Those role players, in order to understand what the fuck their role is, have to play. And the other part of this with Hedl is it's a head injury. We don't have any blueprint for what the map forward should look like for Phil Hedl. You can keep him out of the lineup, keeping him out of the lineup until the playoffs and then expecting him to come back in and fit somewhere in the bottom or middle six. It's both unfair to Hedl. It's also unfair to the guy you traded for where you're now disrupting two different sets of lines for the sake of one player. It's, if we knew lockstep where Phil Heedle was going to slot into this lineup come playoff time, I'd at least hear the argument. I have no idea where Phil Heedle slots in. I have no idea where what his wingers should look like. I know you're not going to break up Panera and Trocek and Lafreniere, where if you remember, Ryan, that was the line Heedle was playing on before he got hurt. So you can't break that up. I don't know how Mika Zibanejad is looking with whatever winger we need to put him with in order to get his game going. So I, I don't. I don't think when Kucherov comes in the lineup, you know exactly where he's playing, you know exactly who he's playing with, you know exactly what to get with him. Phil Heel himself is such a big question mark in terms of what we can expect from him when he returns to the ice, how long he's going to be on the ice and who he's going to be on the ice with. You cannot leave those questions until the playoffs to figure out what the hell you're going to do with it. That's That is irresponsible on a cataclysmic level.
0: Totally agree. Uh, I have no. You did. All, you did all the talking there. Congratulations. This yeah, next I'm question. Great. Uh Tag to Seamus asks: Is Panarin Trocek laugh the garlic butter baguette line? Stop it. Just stop. Fresh bread component <laughs> includes Trocek unique Italian influence. Sounds good to say and eat. The line is filling the net, and everyone's excited to see it coming out to the table over the boards.
1: Guys, uh, line names make themselves. Stop forcing it. It'll either come or it doesn't. You know what I'm we saying? We all tried to make the some
0: some line name, and the line name still hasn't happened. <laughs> so it hasn't hasn't gone. It, when when it shows its face, we all will know. And that's chicken what we will line, call everybody. it. Chicken parm line, everybody. That's it. I just like chicken parm. I just want to say chicken parm. Um, Adam Furlong asks, imagine you were starting an NHL team and you could build around. This is really a dynasty draft he's asking us to do. Mm. You could build around this any set of teammates with the objective of winning a Stanley Cup for the next five years. Where does Fox plus Igor, Laugh, or Bread rank among the NHL rosters? Figure that McCar McKinnon goes first. McDavid Drysaitel are one and two in some order.
1: Yeah, I mean, McCarr McKinnon and whatever the third Avalanche you want is going to be one. And I think, I think McDavid I, I and think you any really just two say other a
0: pair, so uh, one and two. That's it. So like Mc, uh, McDavid Drysaitel is one a pair. Mc, M- McCar McKinnon is one.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, that's tough. Because so you
0: can, I would say it's it's I would say it's Panarin and Fox. Those are my the two.
1: Yeah, but pair. like, where where would you take them? Would I take them before? Like, am I really taking them before Barkov and Matt Kachuk? I don't think so. Are you taking them before Hughes and Brat? Probably. It's tough. That's it, tough. Th- that th- it's in that area, though. But like, are you really? If you know you can still get three years out of Sidney Crosby, you really going to stay away from Sidney Crosby and whoever There's you want to take
0: on that? And that really brings you down.
1: I know. <laughs> But Crosby Gensel is on the same line.
0: It's definitely later. I would say, Adam, somewhere in like the like five to
1: eight range here. Probably. I mean, There are a lot of good. There are really bad teams with two good players.
0: Dallas has a couple of interesting ones.
1: And I know I know Vancouver's not a bad team, but Quinn and Elias Pettersson is going before Fox and Igor or Panarin.
0: It's from Jets Rangers, and this is uh, something we talked about earlier, so we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, Craig, but. At what point do we officially become concerned about Keandre Miller? He's not only stopped progressing; he's seemingly regressing. His inconsistency and mistakes, field uh, uh, mistake field play are not the uh, are not the problem for the team, but certainly
1: a problem. Listen, I'll just answer this in terms of regression. You cannot identify regression in a fewer than one year sample. This is either right now. This is a slump. If we will not be able to say his game has regressed until. Ample time has gone by to say it's regressed, which is at the end of next season. If Keiondre Miller continues to play like this for 18 more months, yeah, his game's regressed. That's a problem. Right now, it's a slump. Saying it's regression is outrageous. You're just not even looking at a big enough sample size to use that term. This is from
0: Allie Rangers. If you were going to shake up the D pairs, what would your new pairs be? I'd be curious to see Fox... Foxy Gus, but I feel like that leaves pretty cringe options as the bottom two pairings, <laughs> since it would be sort of uh, sacred to put Key and Lindy together, or Schneid's, though I can't lie, be super entertaining, Truba and and Schneid's playing together, Baby Truba and Adult Truba, of course. What's y'all take?
1: I do like the idea of Schneider-Truba, not just because you get Adult Truba, uh, sorry, Adult <laughs> Schneider and Baby <laughs> Truba playing next yeah. to each other. Yep. Um, it's tough because I... You know what's crazy is I never know who to put with Lindgren. That's the weirdest part for me. It's because I
0: I, I just feel like Lindgren-Fox is the, the one that's really inseparable.
1: Yeah, I don't really want Lindgren-Truba. And I, th- like, I guess Gus Lindgren could work and look good. But I'd be so much more entertained if I was able to put Gus with other players.
0: Uh, I don't... The, the mixing-matching is really kind of limited here. I think Miller, Miller Schneider is something I I've never even thought about one time once. (laughs) And I just, maybe that's a go-to maybe give that a shot. Gus Truba Miller Schneider
1: Miller. We just, we deserve a long Fox Miller run. We haven't gotten it. It's never happened. No time like now in order to do it. And I think Gus Lindgren would be fine though. Kind of boring. I just. I just kind of really want Schneider Truba, and I know it'll never happen because, heaven forbid, two right handed defensemen play next to each other. But yeah, it it would enter. I got to tell you, I said this on Twitter uh, during the Kings game as well. Uh, I get that there are other defensemen that should be on PP2 over Jacob Truba because they are more creative and, and bring more offense to that <laughs> unit. Piss missile from the top, Jacob Truba is my favorite, Jacob Truba.
0: He's I the just, most fun Jacob Truba, other than trained Jacob Truba.
1: I just want—I want that man to stand at the blue line and hit howitzers and see if he can knock someone out with one of them. It's so fun. I love every second of it. If we ever go to war, I don't need
0: <laughs> I don't need a super,
1: <laughs> I don't need a super sophisticated airplane. Just give me Jacob Truba a hockey stick and some missiles, and I will hit whatever. Fifty mile radius. I intended to hit. Probably miss it a little bit, but I will laugh every second that that man is just hitting rough shot out of an airplane.
0: Greg BSBOT. Greg Kaplan laughs at war. Maybe um, <laughs> is...
1: listen. I, I you
0: don't think Saving Private Ryan's a romantic comedy? No, definitely not. Definitely hmm.
1: not. Interesting. You're uh, not watching good, the right good movie. jokes when I
0: was in school, though. Great, great jokes because my name is Ryan. <laughs> awesome.
1: Saving um, your privates, baby.
0: Yeah, all the time. Uh, this is from Paneranoid Android. Has there ever been a player who needed to spend their all-star break traveling internationally to get, absolu- to get absolutely peppered in a ridiculous skills competition in an exhibition game less than Eeyore jerk game? What are the chances he tells the league to fuck off in no-shows all at the all-star game to get some much-needed rest and relaxation?
1: Uh, we should probably also say, since we haven't said it at any point here, congratulations to Vincent, Tro- Vincent Trocek. Much yes. deserved. He easily, does not
0: want to go for sure.
1: I, I, nobody does. The NHL All Star listen, I get I've done this rant many times. We don't times. need to do don't it. Need to we do don't it need to. But the NHL All-Star Weekend is the least fun of all the All-Star weekends because you're not even going to a fun locale. You you don't even get to enjoy where the does anyone want to re- where is it this year? Toronto, I think. It's
0: Toronto, yeah.
1: Who the fuck wants to spend a January weekend in Toronto?
0: Not even people in Toronto. Not
1: even people in Toronto. Like the NBA all-star weekend, they go to fun places. What is it, Vegas the most point? Yeah, and, and the NBA all-star, like
0: everybody, there's a lot more coverage in the league and everybody's there, period. Ba- of Baseball's
1: all-star weekend, it's at least in the summer. So if you end up in fucking Colorado, whatever, it's in the summer. The home run derby is really the only things keeping that monstrosity alive as well. But most guys, they get that it's a paycheck, they, it's a bonus for them. They go out there, they're in warm weather, they get to bring their family, that's nice. You're just miserable, cold, and in a hotel for most of All-Star Weekend in the NHL. It's awful. Who wants to do this?
0: Uh, Next question is from David again. If New York Ranger fans took half their negative energy at every win, loss, or day off, and putting that into learning Latin on Duolingo, could we bring back the Roman Empire? <laughs> great, great question. I, yes.
1: truth, boy, could we. I, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It, sports do feel more negative now, right? Right. Am yeah, I crazy?
0: You're not crazy. And we talk about it a lot, a lot. It didn't always used to be like this. Every now I, and then they used to be fun. I think it's, I try and have fun with them still. It's hard. Um, I fight the good fight. I think a lot of people still do have fun. I think we just see more negative than a lot of situations.
1: Yeah, I know. The negative voices are always the one that carry the loudest, even though they're usually the minority opinion. But, like, I had to, yeah, I, had, I don't.
0: I had one guy. I'm going to give him attention. Fuck it. I don't care. I had one guy over the weekend uh i he just was you know chirping me whatever i was like thanks dad or whatever it was and then as soon as i said that i got added like 19 more times by a total psychopath i was like
1: yeah why did i give him attention one time i'm such an idiot yep nope it's terrible i i now the way i do it that's different from you there's this one guy his name's turk i'm gonna fucking name drop him i don't care
0: i know exactly Uh, what you're talking about (laughs) yeah turk
1: turk is this old miserable fuck who coaches jim uh and i i i get a kick out of it every time he comments something it's always negative. And pissy and miserable. I just it's go, crazy. It's I just, like I just go, Turk, you old son of a bitch, can't live my life. <laughs> like you just you have to react over the top to it and just pretend to be happy negative you know just, yeah someone comes in your comments and you're just turn, like you, you slide dog how how did you fucking turn a computer
0: on today <laughs> do you want to do a thing where um do that meme where it's like a bunch of guys looking at like it's a point of view you walk into a bar like hey there he is who let that guy in here <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> that- i'll find that meme and every single time Turk responds to us we
1: just send him that now <laughs>
0: No, I, dude,
1: I, 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 I think one time I was like, you don't saying you? What did you do? I, I like calling him. I usually hit him with sandbag instead son of a bitch. Just like yeah. in, the, in a real Austin uh, 316 kind of way. God, I, oh, I just, I love it. he every, and he never learns. It's not like he even follows me. So he, he goes out of his way to find these tweets that he hates. And I then know. comments on him about how much he hates it's, them. It's and every time I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: did.
1: I missed you.
0: My <laughs> oh, dude! Yeah, last night I tweeted, you know, the ESPN Plus commercial we talk a lot about. I was like, I'd rather uh-huh. watch that on repeat than the rest of this game. And you know, making a joke, just having fun, because the Rangers were down 2-0 whole thing. Yup, yup. Yep, yep. Turk this morning, just like, and you were wrong. I was like,
1: What? <laughs> hey, that's you, why you enjoyed just, the game? You just you just gotta go Turk, you fucking Dicks, dick you. swinging <laughs> dick bastard. <basically." laughs> <laughs> yeah how's the family did i leave I you again me, baby. <laughs> Yeah, it's like oh. it's like tark are you my dad did you get the milk like you really you have to turn it around on. it confuses the shadow of him He can't have multiple thoughts at the same time that's amazing it's too fucking simple that's i love amazing. it I, I want for the record no one else if i catch any of you ganging yeah, up on this poor old bastard don't do it do not i will him. get angry yeah. at you However, I need you all to know how much I enjoy it every time he comes in my mentions. <laughs> it, Ryan, when I say he, it makes my day, I'm not lying. He's never going to hear this, so that's the great news. Never um, going to hear it. But I need Turk, I think it's Stevens, whatever the fuck your last name is. I extra <laughs> him. Turk, I, I just need you to know, man, you bring so much happiness into my life by <laughs> being a miserable prick. Of... Um, Next question this is from
0: Brett Lee. The Knicks are eight and two in their last 10 is the mystery solved now. <laughs> yeah, it makes it, it always work, man. Yeah. We talked about this multiple times before. Uh, it's Panarin bread. Mm. Uh, is it fair to say we have a Mika's of Interjet problem? Yep. Listen to the opening of this
1: podcast. Yeah, I, um, I do. I do think I I am reflective enough to know that I think I'm probably his harshest critic.
0: You're in the top five. Yeah. Just to finish his question, he says, you know, I don't really, any times against a seed that's similar in skill or better, he's just nowhere to be found. I don't think we can win a championship with him. I will give Mika Zivinojad one piece of credit here. He, on the second half of that Pittsburgh series, became a man possessed uh, when they went to the Easter Conference Finals. And when, he when he the was Eaton's unbelievable. When
1: good, Ryan, when the Eden's good, it's fucking Vegas buffet. It's unbelievable. My, it's my, just, my only complaint is it's never, it's never good for long enough. That's it. That's it. But I also will say this. I have no interest in trading him, and I think the Rangers can win the Stanley Cup with him. I know they can win the Stanley Cup with him as long as he's Mika Zibanejad. I, I'm critical of Mika Zibanejad because I know how great he is, and I want him to be great all the time.
0: I'm skipping some questions because some people ask multiple, um, but this is from... Gen W. and Twent. Uh, that's definitely wrong. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. From Ryan, for Ryan to redeem himself or dig a bigger hole, since he's a Philly man now, mm-hmm. can he pronounce these Philadelphia neighborhoods? I can do the first one. It's Conshohocken. After that, I'm pretty screwed. I'll be honest with you. So uh, it's Yedon, Lower Moimensing. That's wrong. Oh, That's boy. wrong. Uh, Mamosing? M- Mamosing. I
1: listen. I don't even know if it's a Jewish neighborhood, but you're making old Jewish mothers cry right now.
0: I probably. And Bala Sinwood Sinwood. uh, There's no chance. There's
1: no chance. You make letters sound foreign to me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know how else to describe the the sensation where I, in my head, I know you're reading certain English letters, but you're making them sound like something I've never seen. Uh, this
0: last uh, two more questions, actually, or three, which in the golden retriever asked park bark, bark, bark. uh, before Ryan watches miracle, I need to know if either of you have seen the document on the Dan Barry trash thrashers, the untold volume crime and penalties. I haven't have, seen it
1: yet. I have seen that. Is it good? Yeah, it's fine. I, I <laughs> think it's a little overhyped. Um, the entire, I think it's important. Everybody listening to this, if you like the untold series, please do me a favor and understand that the story they are presenting is probably nowhere close to what the real story actually is in order for the untold story series to get their subjects to sit down with them. They give them a certain level of executive producing power, which means it is a sanitized version of a really good story that you could potentially get somewhere else. Uh, I, I appreciate that it exists because it makes people ask the right questions about something that happened in my neck of the woods But it is an extremely sanitized version, and it's not anything like uh, the old school thirty for thirties, which I think you can catch the entire library on ESPN Plus. (laughs) Live
0: sports, live Uh, sports.
1: I hear the song as soon as I read the letters.
0: And yeah, then I see fucking,
1: Peyton fucking Manning doing Peyton Manning shit. Tom Brady, banana land guy looking at me. Some American gladiators looking real gladiatory. The,
0: the biceps. Oh, I hate it. Um, Matty Jack asks, uh, I'm now sports. a believer in moral wins. Based on the team's positioning, I think it's far more important the team be playing structurally sound even if they lose 2-1 rather than win a 6-4 boat race game. Is this a crazy take?
1: <laughs> I just want to be sure I'm clear here, Maddie Jack. You'd rather watch a game in which your team plays well instead of a game in which your team plays terribly, regardless of the outcome of the game. Do I have that question right?
0: He's going to, you know what he's going to do here, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Just final question
0: is from Phil S. It seems that over the years, trade deadline guys that the fans haven't heard, well, oh, sorry, the trade deadline guys that the fans, most fans haven't heard of, Cop Vetrano, Mott, outperform the ones that the fans have known of, Kane, Eric Stahl, et cetera. Who are some of the off-the-radar guys that we should be paying attention to. I'm just tired of the Tarasenko, Henrique, Duclair, and now Daniel, Daniel Sprong chat.
1: Well, I haven't first, really heard of a lot of Sprong. Have you? No, because every, you did Ryan. Remember when I did the rant during the Red Wings Leafs game and there was uh, a Ranger yes, scout yes, in attendance yes, and people were like, yes. it must be Daniel Sprong. And, in, and it wasn't the Ranger scout is doing his job. Um,
0: the one, Claire and Tarasenko, the only two I think are even probable. And I still don't think those. Oh, I don't like think favorites. they're, I don't
1: think they're probable very much at all. Again, think of the role in which the New York Rangers are looking to acquire a guy for. You're looking for a bottom six right-handed center who could probably also play on the wing. It's a very specific role that the Rangers want to fill. Uh, I think Nick Dowd is going to cost more than people want to give up in trade. But that's the type of player the, the Knicks, the Rangers, the Knicks, the Knicks are looking Whoa. for Jordan Clarkson. The, they want Jordan Clarkson. If they trade for Alec Burks again, I swear to God, what are we doing? But the Rangers are looking at something in the Nick Dowd aisle. Uh, I've heard people say Sean Monaghan. It's not going to be him. He's his defensive metrics this year have been a lot worse than people want to give him credit for. He's been defensively sound in previous years, but it's not happening. This year. So I don't think the Rangers are looking at anything there. They essentially want Jimmy VC super version for their bottom six. Um, I I don't have the name off the top of my head, but like Nicholas Obi Kubel is a guy that the Rangers will target because he's not going to cost much. It won't be much more than a fourth round pick. And he's having a really strong two way year. And it's not like the Capitals, even though they're in a better position than they were at this point that they expected they got him off waivers so that's free money that you'd be giving the capitals to get an albie kubel for your roster it's it's someone in that form if people thinking the rangers are going to go out and make a big splash they don't have as many assets as you think first of all they need to start making some of these first round picks that they've been trading away in previous years uh they they kind of need to keep their bullets and i think they're going to do that at this deadline. They're going to they're gonna shop low. They're going to go to dollar store. They're going to get their shit, and they're going to be a fine team come playoff time.
0: That's the podcast. Uh, we'll be back later this week, probably Wednesday or Thursday after the Tuesday game because the Tuesday game's at 1030 and we're not doing it afterwards. Oh, so. my
1: God. Who, know, who, do we even, who do we even play tomorrow? The Sharks. Oh, boy. David Quinn revenge game. Here we go. That's
0: it. That's it. Uh, So we'll be back with BSBOT on our Patreon later this week. Otherwise, we'll be back next week. Katie Bakes still confirmed, Gregory?
1: Katie Bakes still confirmed, Gregory.
0: Uh, Cool. And I'm going to try and get Emily Cap'n for the week after. So we will see that. Cousin Emily. Cousin Emily couldn't come on the show. Uh, Hopefully. I haven't haven't really asked her. I'm going to ask her after this. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm going to try,
1: though. Uh, Also, I just want to point out because Madame Fox or, yeah, right? Madame Fox called us out on Twitter the other days because I apparently respond to hearing her name in the exact same way every single time on this podcast. All I have to say about that is I'm not explaining myself and I'm going to keep doing it.
0: It's that I, I did. I miss that call out. You sure did. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no. but I'm Fox. Pay, offense, pay better attention. Oh uh, yeah. I'm, I've got some stuff going on. All right. Well, we'll uh, see you guys later. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, it's the end of the show where I thank our NHL insider club members uh, for being a premium sponsors of the show for a very, very long time and keep this thing going. But Something that is uh, really, really funny, we've had a lot of scoops recently in the chat, uh, had some big ones today, honestly, as I'm recording this, and uh, what's really interesting about the Insider's Chat is that sometimes I don't get to it first, others internet sleuth or have weird connections, and something comes up, and we have answers very quickly, and uh, it's, it's just funny how the community has uh, evolved into this incredible source and wealth of information that I could have never even imagined. Uh, it's a fun time. So without further ado, let me talk about some of those people. It's funny, I, I keep saying without further ado. I think I really enjoy that in my repertoire of things to say. Uh, Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Carter, Amber Coensberger, Andrew Roner, Anthony Gray, Anthony Montoro, Anthony Tenegretta, Anth- Ari Zanger, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Bill Lawson, Bill Rattel, Brandon Latkos, Brandon Magnum, Bre- Brett Ranger, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doherty, Brian Do- Doyle, Brett- Brian Gallagher, Brian Malin, Brian Farrell, a lot of Brians, Cassidy, Cassidy Rollman, CJ. Chris Finelli, CJ How, CJ Selwagon, Conrad P. Demis, Daniel Delaney, Daniel DeZanne, David Narodin, David Siegel, DJ Banana Jazz, Dylan Brett Schneider, Eric Stagg, Garrett Raiders, Greg, Gretzky McFly, Harrison Hasko, Hello Vanilla, Hip 89, Jack Bagley, Jack Rogan, Jake Keith, James Masker, Jarian Marquez, Jason Super, Jason Zimbraski, Jim, Jimmy Mack, John Hardy John, Johnny Shea, Thunder Jungrock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Josh White, Christopher Florida, Crider Cryder Die, Leshik Gronowski, Lee Plummer. Lou Giordano, Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kine, Meatball the Cat, Mike Koenig, Mike, Mike Bucklaw, Mike Mancuzu, Mike Pasternak, Neil Hanafi, Neil Grover, Nicholas Palms, Nicholas Di Other Slash, Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, Pavel, Phoenix Edition, P. Justice Barrow, Randy Tesser, Ryan Watch Miracle, yes, 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 Swingart, the drop, BK, BK, Tommy Saquir, Tommy Tedeschi, Tommy, Tony O'Neill, Tony Gregory, Tony from having the original supporter of video, Braco, Will Spectre, and Winston, the golden retriever now active in the inside of shot as well. Woo! Um, Just a couple terrible weeks as a Ranger fan. Awful. Games are not fun as much. Uh, I'm really hoping they turn things around. Shocker. Shocker surprise, everybody. Really strange. Uh, I'm going to do an interesting ask at the end of this podcast. If you're still here, you're a psychopath. You knew that anyway. Uh, So you might know this. I watch a lot of sumo. Yep. That's right. I watch a lot of sumo. I went in Japan. Um, and the, there's a tournament every month and a half or so, five a year. It works a little bit like European soccer. There's divisions, whole thing. Would you guys want me to do like a thirty minute sumo primer? Because the the tournaments in the, we're already in day ten here. It's uh, there's fifteen days. It's a lot going on. Pretty exciting tournament. Not the best, but pretty exciting. Uh, I might do a post a post tournament recap or something like that. Let me know if you'd enjoy something weird like that. I'll, I'll record it and put it up for you because I, I might want to do it anyway. Anyway, back to the Rangers for just a moment. Uh, they uh, This break could, can't come soon enough for them. I think a lot of the guys, we didn't really talk about this today, I think a lot of guys are playing through sickness and injury. There's not a lot of excuses to be made. I, the coaching staff has to do a little bit of a better job as well. Still first in the Metro. The lead is gone for the most part, but there's something something off and it's more than just coaching okay I can't, I can't put my finger on it all right see you guys later for this week for OT. let's please beat david quinn and the sharks otherwise i will go insane love you guys bye